Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call the Scene podcast. I have a special guest with me today. Um, as uh, many of you know, I had decided to take uh, the month off. But, um, you know, when I'm ready to cause a scene and somebody else is willing to cause a scene, I, I bring them on. Um, I would like to introduce Shannon. Shannon, could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. Hi, uh, my name's Shannon. I am a software engineer. I live in Oakland, California. I've been in the industry for about um, seven years now. And I I kind of, I still struggle with my relationship with the tech industry. I find myself still having like so much optimism when I walk into a new job of like, oh, we are building something here. We are trying to make a difference. And then I find myself kind of disillusioned <laughs> um, over and over, but I still want to move forward. And I, I, yeah, that's the situation. I'm in. <laughs> All right. And this is something I forgot to ask you, which I have started asking my guests. Um, mm -hmm. If you would please um, share your pronouns. Oh, she, her. All right. So, um, as I always start every show, um, again, I'm, my brain is on vacation. So that's how I why I forgot to ask your pro, um, Shannon's pronouns beforehand. We always start the show the same way. So can you answer two questions? Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? Okay. So why it's important to cause a scene is that nothing changes if, if we just let it stay the same, right? Like if, if we are all okay with the way that people are getting treated, you know, from my perspective in the tech industry specifically, but also in the world at large right now, if we don't do anything, then nothing changes. And so what it takes is for people in their environments to make changes and speak up when they see something that is wrong. And that is the perspective that I've had. And I also find myself to be in a very lucky position, a very privileged position as a white female developer in the Bay Area. There are tons and tons of positions out there, tons of places that need developers who do good work. And I am a developer that does good work. And if I am in a place where I see that I'm not being treated right or that other people aren't being treated right, I'm going to speak out against that and I'm going to do it in a way that is as considerate as possible, that is trying to lead us to the company making the changes that need to be made, but that is firm and continuous until I feel that people are being treated with like justice and that we're in an inclusive environment. And if that doesn't happen, then people get like more and more frustrated with me um, in in jobs, right? And so I think that I'm just trying to do little things in the environment in which I'm in and also at my community at large, but like tech is one of the communities that I'm in. And so I need to try and make it a better place for myself, for my peers and for everybody else. 
Okay, so let's gonna start this. So how did I come off vacation? <laughs> I received a DM and then I received I, I tweeted something. I said I just received a DM from someone asking to have their email, um, the email they used to register for the introduction to being an anti-racist event updated because they were fired for questioning their organization's DNI efforts. And I said cor- hashtag corporate blackface. Um, and then I put being anti-racist ain't for the week. So I'm going to let you drive this conversation um, and you can share as much as you want and we will just have a conversation. Um, And I really want to speak specifically. Okay. So when, when Shannon gave me, sent me the message, I was like, okay, fine. So I sent it over to Tito um, who had built the platform and said, Hey, can you change this um, email? Well, the Tito um, individual said, hey, did you see the company that she's, um, she's was fired from? And he sent me the link. And so we're just going to, you know what, I'm just going to start off. You know me, I'm just going to start shit. I mean, this is just what it is. It is a company called Matter. And can you tell us what Matter does? Matter is a company for amazing feedback. It's supposed to be a feedback tool in which you can request or give feedback to anyone on your team, um, other people outside of your team, anybody that you may work with in a work environment or even your personal life. So this is why I, when I found that out, I went back to my DMs and said, hey, Shannon, did you sign anything? (laughs) Because I want to have this conversation because I find it, I'm shocked that I found it surprising that a platform built for feedback fired someone for giving feedback. So um, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to let you tell your story. (laughs) Yes. So um, it's really interesting that you bring that up because that has been my major struggle at at this organization since I've been there. Like I am someone who... I read this, um, one of my friends sent me a post this morning on Instagram and it was like, my love language is when people's actions match their words. And that's something that I've actually been talking about. You know, I've been doing like intro calls with different um, companies this week. And something that I've really been very frank about is like cognitive dissonance between what leadership says and what leadership does is something that's really going to... um, it's really going to bother me because what I'm realizing is like, I need to be putting boundaries up for what I'm going to um, tolerate before I get to the company so that no one is shocked. Everybody knows Shannon is coming in. She's candid. And I, you'll never meet somebody who like wants these companies to succeed as much as I do when I sign on. Right. So that is the reason that I went to um, matter in the first place. Right. Is I was honestly, as I will say again, a little naive because I was thinking, oh, that's the problem. This has always been the problem. If only there was a tool where at the right time, at any time, I could give feedback, get feedback. People could tell me, you know, um, how I could be more effective in the way that I communicate or um you know, I can give a little bit of feedback to, to somebody else and, and we're all listening and we're all learning. Whoa, like that, this could be something that really change, changes the industry, right? Um, oh, so naive. And then 
I get to the company and, you know, it was a hard time. I started working there in February. And then, of course, the company by mid-May, we are shut down and we're working from home. And it had been a very sort of um, work in the office culture, right? Like we're all there every day. We always have an in-person stand-up every day at 10.15. And so it really threw a wrench in things when we started working from home. And um, the CEO like immediately took steps. I know that he was really worried about like making sure that the company could stay solvent during this time, right? Because it really, (laughs) all of a sudden, maybe all the um, disposable incomes that are the disposable disposable budgets that different companies may have to um, purchase this product, um, you know, they don't have it anymore. And so he was taking these proactive uh, steps to sort of, you know, I think, protect, protect all of us, right? Um, and or that's at least how I felt at the time. And they laid off the um, director of talent and the recruiter, who was the only sort of woman in leadership at the company. And so at the time, I had been thinking that um, at the time I had been thinking throughout a lot of this, like, maybe that's the issue, right? Because a lot of this was coming back to like general kind of like lack of empathy and leadership. And I was thinking, oh, maybe that was, I've always been looking for like, what's the root cause of this, right? So let me skip ahead to um, sort of the most interesting part is when things really started to go downhill, right? Even previous to um, our company starting to discuss um, diversity and inclusion efforts, obviously as a result of George Floyd's murder and then the ongoing protests and um, BLM movement that, you know, everyone's responding to. Um, I had been fairly um, forceful with my boss, the CTO, um, in giving feedback that I really would like to see more empathy from leadership in terms of deadlines and um, how how we were like planning out projects, especially during this like uh, pandemic, right? Because everyone on my team, or at least four of the five people on my team, were expressing in different ways how stressed out they were, uh, that they were approaching burnout. I had one um, one male coworker um, that I was talking to one time who was like getting really emotional about like he's in the middle of this big move across the country and he doesn't feel like he's able to really, he didn't take any time off. He wasn't able to take any time off and had just gotten some like really negative feedback from the CEO that had nothing constructive in it saying, you need to get your work done on time when you say that you're going to have it done or something like that. Right. So this is coming from like everyone. And I'm expressing to the CTO, Hey, can you be an advocate for us? Can you go to Brett? I'm not asking for us to work less. I'm not asking for us to, you know, uh, you know, not do anything or get extra days off or anything like that. But it would be so helpful for Brett to just say something, you know, to start out some meetings and say, hey, if anybody needs anything, I'm here. If you need, um, if you need extra time on your project, come to me. If you're hearing things from people about, um, I need more 
like, oh, I wasn't able to get this done today. Brett would be like, someone would say in a meeting, I'm not able to get this done yesterday. It was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Brett would be like, okay, well, I'm ready for it on QA whenever, whenever you're ready. And so it was just sort of like brushing over, not hearing anybody sort of trying to put these limits on there. And then when I came in and I would say like, no, directly, like this isn't appropriate, they got like really upset. So leading up to um, our diversity and inclusion conversation that, that we had, I had had a previous conversation with my boss um, and the CEO about a project that I was working on where they had told me, oh, just come to us, tell us how long you need to do this project. And the CTO is telling me, keep adding all of these things. The, C- the CEO wants you to keep adding all of these, these things into your project. And um, then the CEO was telling me, oh, this is way too long, whatever. So in that particular meeting, I did get quite firm. And I said, if you have a timeline for when you would like this project done, I wish you would tell me up front because then I could plan the project within your timeline. And then I won't feel like I'm wasting time, you know, uh, trying to do all of these sort of general updates to the app that my CTO is telling me is also important when clearly your timeline is not part of that, right? And it was a conversation that I came out of feeling really proud because I'd set boundaries for myself. And I did not believe that I'd crossed any sort of line. I did not believe that I was purposefully making anyone feel uncomfortable I didn't yell or talk in any tone that's that's more intense than how I'm speaking now. And I felt good about it because now the project was going to be done on terms that both myself and the CEO seem to be comfortable with, right? So that sets the stage because it's in conjunction with this next conversation that I think everything seemed to spiral out of control. <sighs> so here's the interesting part. Okay. The weekend of the weekend after the protests began, I was getting text messages from tons of friends having all these conversations about how their companies were responding, right? And some of them were like, can you believe he said this? Can you believe this is what we're doing? Others being like, wow, I cannot believe that this is how we're reacting. This is great. I've never seen this before, right? And here I am joining in and applauding um, when something's great and sort of like hopping on and like piling on when I don't think it's enough and all that kind of stuff. And then I sit there thinking, I haven't heard anything from my company about how we're handling this. I wonder how this is going to go, right? But for sure, I felt like, okay, maybe this is actually a result of them wanting to have some work-life balance, right? And we're going to jump in Monday morning and then this is going to be um, something that we talk about. So again, I just want to reiterate to you, Kim, that I think you can tell that I'm trying to do what they tell you to do in tech, which is assume good intentions, right? I had the best intentions heading into this conversation that like, that we were going to do something and that we wanted to do the most impactful thing that we could do as a company and that it was going to be really important because I think I think it's clear that a feedback tool is going to have implications on how, you know, different groups feel they can work well within this industry, right? So anyways, get to work, 
Monday morning. And by that, I mean, hop on my computer. And um, immediately, I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Because everyone keeps posting on Slack, like, hope your family stayed safe this week. And I'm like, okay, that's not bad in itself. But it also, there was no one sort of like mentioning directly anything that was going on in the world, right? It was sort of- So why would your family be in danger? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, stuff like, and then then we start this, the every week on Monday, we have sort of like a retrospective of the last week, reviewing the past week and moving into this week. And- I had noticed that um, we had not only like not responded to what was going on, but we also hadn't paused any of our um, social media yet. So when I had checked to to see, because I was like, maybe we did say something and I just like missed it because I'm not on the marketing team. I'm not in the communications team. And um, I got on I got online and the last thing that we had tweeted on Friday was a poll of what's your favorite Pixar movie. And that made me feel very, I mean, it was just very, it's tone. It's, Mm -hmm. I can't even put my finger on like, you know, it's just like when you're in communications, you have to be, we have to be thoughtful about, about the content that we're putting out there. And the world was going, you know, crazy that week. The world was on fire. The world was on fire, right? And mm-hmm. and like I said before, like I live in Oakland, right? So the world was for like here, the tensions were so high, the pain you could feel it. I could feel it in my neighbors. I could feel it when I was outside. You could hear it in the helicopters flying over in the news, getting, you know, being updated with videos, being out at protests. Like you could feel that pain and so to come in and have people just say hope hope your family's safe and that I was like okay we're not really seeing the point but that's okay and then Brett continued by saying oh and in case anybody's worried there was a protest that went by our office last week but we didn't get graffitied or hit or anything so the office is fine so he, so his attention was on his property or the property of the building. Right. And what I have such difficulty with in that moment is that I know that there are, I know that there are people out there that are like approaching this in that way of like property is most important. And some are doing it exactly because they know what they're saying and they know the impact that is going to have. But then there are also people who I believe like Brett just don't know the impact. That is his, that is just where his mind is. And so again, I'm trying to assume good intentions, but understanding that the impact of that statement is so, so harmful. Right. And we do not have um, any black people that worked at, there were no black folks that worked at Matter. However, there had been a black woman who worked at Matter, but her tenure was only one week, right? And (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, I did not, and Kim, I did not know the details of 
of her experience at the time, I only vaguely knew that there was a, a glass door review because after I'd had the conversation with, um, after I'd had that conversation, pr- conversations previously with Matthew and I didn't feel like I was the CTO, I didn't feel like I was getting a lot of support. And I, uh, I went to Glassdoor and I saw this review that said, um, it was recounting something and it was, you know, there was a lot of frustration in the message and it noted that it had kept getting taken down for whatever reason. And then in the final line, it said, what can we improve on? And it said something like treat people, um, with respect, regardless of what they look like. So that was really all anybody at the company kind of had to work on in terms of like, even knowing that this person existed, right? I didn't know. I, but I was just like, something. something How many people in this company? Here. Only 13. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very tight knit thing. And that's what I'm saying is like the CEO and the way the CEO is leading and the way the CEO is talking is directly impactful on all of us. Because in a way, even though I reported to the CTO, I was m- more sort of beholden to like Brett in terms of like reporting timelines and everything like that. Right. So, okay. So we're in this meeting and that's, that's sort of how it goes. Then we do what went well last week. What didn't go so well last week. So when we get to what didn't go so well last week, I start and I say, or I I let everybody finish saying what they're saying. Right. And right before the end, before we move on to planning for the week, I said, Actually, you know, I just want to stave off something that might become a thing that we didn't do do so well next week, right? And I said, I really think that, and I'm treading lightly here, right? Because, um, Because I already know that I'm being seen as like sort of very assertive at this company and and everyone is so gentle in their communication style that I'm like, okay, I don't want to like, feel like I'm attacking people. Right. So I just say, I think that we should think about our company's like social media presence during this time, because I'm noticing that a lot of other companies out there are, you know, putting out solidarity posts, really thinking through what, what their response is going to be, or at least pausing what we post until we figure out how we're going to respond. And it was interesting because then one of the marketing people said, oh, yeah, I was planning on talking to my boss about that today, which is great, right? Like, okay, they've, they've thought about it, I guess. And then we had a conversation where the marketing director said that, um, oh, you know, in places I've worked before, we have a policy of not making statements on political matters, um, we'll maybe like retweet what the CEO says, but we're not, we usually didn't make statements on our own. And so, oh, and so I'm going to stop you. Okay. Yeah. I just want to stop you right there because I just, um, there, I took some notes and we, I'm going to do that after you okay. finish, but I want to make this very clear and I don't want this to pass. Black lives mattering is not a political statement. Yes. And that was, that was exactly the response that I had and, and other people, there were other people at the company had as well, right? That it wasn't a political statement. And so that, and that, um, but as that conversation continued, um, the marketing director said, okay, if I hear what Shannon's 
really saying, you don't expect us to make a statement. You're okay as long as we just pause what we're saying. And I was kind of like, I had already gotten in, gotten some feedback from my boss that I kind of push, you know, too hard on things. And so I was just feeling like, okay, I don't want to like risk not being effective later because of, because of this. Right. So I left that conversation feeling like nothing, like the company was not going to do anything. Right. That our response was just a pause. Yes. And I'm going to stop you again. I want to stop you again because I want to, I just want to, but keep where we are because what I wrote down here is what you just experienced, what you just explained is what every black person feels in a company. Um, It's the, how do I say what I need to say without somebody taking it this way, that way, which they're going to do anyway. Do I say this thing and it ruined my fucking career? Do I not say this thing in here? And it comes back to bite me in the ass. It is a variable minefield of, of what ifs just to show up and be authentic, just to have, I mean, right. you were just trying to have a conversation. And this is, this is how we feel every day, all day long at work. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to stop because how you talked about it and it's coming from a white woman is I'm just, it's the same thing. And I just wanted people to, because people think, you know, that black women, black men, um, um, Latinas folks are exaggerating. So I wanted to stop because a white woman was having Mm -hmm. a similar experience. Oh, so go ahead. (laughs) All I can say is that, um, as this experience like was unfolding, I found myself just being like, if I'm this stressed out and I started going haywire, right? Like I, during this time, like started seeing, have started seeing a therapist due to this, this whole experience. Right. Yep. And I was just like, I could not do this. I'm not strong enough. Like I I just keep coming back to that of like Mm -hmm. my like relative privilege in this world has allowed me to like, not really have to live with this every single day, you know? And I can't even, I can't, I cannot comprehend, like I cannot comprehend, but I can, but I can't, you know, I like, I'm trying to, but I can't. And, and, and that's what I tell people, the pain, any pain or discomfort that white people feel in is nothing compared to what we feel. And yet you want to say, you want to talk about black on black crime. You want to talk about how um, COVID is killing us because of our ill health. All of this shit is stress. It is stress. It is, it's, 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 it is from the time you're born to the time you die in these communities. This is the shit we're dealing with all mm-hmm. the time. And it's like, you know what I'm feeling right now. I feel like I could go out and do something that I could never expect myself to do after, after all this. And then, um, yeah, but let me explain to you how it actually gets to that point, because right now it's like, okay, this is a little frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) However, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a little, this, I'm not, what the hell is this? This feels a little weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and at that point, I'm just like, mm, that's, it's really disappointing that, that we don't, that we're not completely bought into this idea of things. Mm-hmm. And then, so another thing that I've said, I can't remember whether I said it in Monday's meeting or in the follow-up on Tuesday was um, bringing up the point of, because I'm not sure whether 
the marketing director, either in that meeting or the meeting the day after said something about how, well, blah, blah, blah. This is, this doesn't really impact our industry. And first (laughs) of all, right. Like the structures that we're living in white supremacy affect every single thing in every single way all the time. Right. And unless you're actively working against that, it's going to seep in. And then secondly, yeah, because I'm just I'm just so I, I'm going to let you finish. But I just want to I want to pop in to remind people that matter is building has built a feedback. Right. So companies are using this product as a way to give and receive feedback and mm, the bias that is inherent Mm -hmm. in this platform is ridiculous. And yes, Kim, that was going to be my secondly is that we are a feedback app and that, that, as a company that is, is in this feedback industry. Yes, so how the fuck can you say it's not going to, it's not, even if it doesn't affect the industry, it d- directly affects the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so, it yeah. directly affects matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, fuck, the, fuck the industry. As a company, it directly affects you. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag cause a scene dot com. Fuck the industry as a company. Yes. And directly I said, you. OK, there are ways that we can integrate into our product. There are things we need to be thinking about, about making our product inclusive. Right. And I directly mentioned some of the content that we had out there and that it would be really great to get like a consultant, like a, di- a like a diversity and inclusion consultant or an expert to come in and look at this content because we're putting this out there. Not only is it a feedback tool, but they're also moving into content about how to get that feedback and then turn it into making you like this ideal employee, right? And so a lot of that content is really uncomfortable because of course it's telling you, you know, I keep coming back to assume good intentions. That's one of our huge um, pushes on content. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and this empathy thing. And these, these are two things that I have a fur, I have talked extensively about. You were expecting someone to give you empathy that did not have the, de- had not developed it. This is, this is the problem. Empathy is a skill. Why should I have to wait for you to develop a mm-hmm. skill so you can stop harming me and assume positive intent or good intent as you've, as just illustrated, it's not, it's not extended to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So this is not even, this is not even where it started. So I'm going to have to like, rush, like, <laughs> no, take your time, time. take your time. Cause I'm, I want <laughs> Because the reason I'm saying take your time is because we are calling out a company and we are calling out a company because you chose not to sign a severance so that you could mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. And I really want people to understand it because I hate those fucking anti, um, 
those um, NDAs that are uh, all about non-defamation. Um, mm-hmm. Because a company, m- many companies won't have shit in place about anything, but they will have legal about that. They will have make sure they have that in place. Right. So I wanted to, as a white woman, commend you for not taking that money because you're in a pandemic like everybody else. It's easy to take money. It's easy yeah. right now to take money. It's easy to let fear take your money, take money. And for you to take a step and say, no, I really want to tell this story. You're not, I'm not going to allow you to close, um, you know, to shut me up. I really, we need to tease this out. So take your mm-hmm. time. Okay. Okay. So that's Monday. And then, um, so trying to set this up again with just a little bit of like where my brain is at moving into Tuesday. Again, I live um, in Oakland, mm-hmm. California, and there was a great protest on Monday night put on by students of Oakland Technical High School. It was huge. I think it was like 15,000 people or something like that. And um, we all wore masks and it went well, except that mm-hmm. we all get there. Everyone's gathering. And at 4.30 p.m., we all get a push notification to our phone that um, a curfew is going into effect at 8. And as this protest is going on, we can tell that it's just like it's going to be impossible for like a lot of people to get home by 8, whatever. And um, push comes to shove. I ended up leaving and renting some bikes so I could get back to my car around like 7.15 with some friends. But while I was driving home, I passed on the highway, the police changing into riot gear and like slapping each other high fives. And I can see on under the overpass, hundreds of protesters just like streaming home. And then I get home mm-hmm. and it's a couple minutes before eight and I can hear boom, 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 downtown. And then I get a video from some friends who live in the area and they tear gas this entire crowd that I know I'd just been there 30 minutes before had been completely peaceful. The organizers had been saying like, whatever, like we want to keep this peaceful, report people that aren't peaceful, change the location of the um, protest. It, it was like devastating, right? Like I was really devastated because I was like, here we are, like here we are in this world trying to do what we, the only way we can come out and say, this isn't right, right? And one of those constitutional ways is protest. Okay, yeah. gonna stop you, <laughs> gonna stop you again, gonna stop you again, white girl, because damn, how many black people say we have done everything you've said, you've asked us to do, and it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. You still keep moving the line. You still put us in danger. It's always, and you see the narrative now. Um, it is if it were if it weren't uh, for how us being in a pandemic, shutdown, no sports, no distractions. This uh, his George Floyd's death would have just have been mm-hmm. another black death. It would it for, this forced people to pay attention, and. Even in that, even in this country is built on, I mean, and, and weeks before, they were very violent. I mean, very, um, not, I'm going to say, they, they weren't violent. They were very aggressive protests um, just over um, shutting the country down. Just, just that economics. It was not about people's physical life, right? 
And so this is how I, I want to tease this out because this happens in every organization. Well, most organizations, you, 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 you bring marginalized and vulnerable people into your communities. You say, um, this is what we expect. It changes. And so you're forever playing guess what when you get to work or whatever. It's always something different. And no matter what you do, no matter how close you get to the bar, it changes. It reminds me so much of Serena Williams. Every time she gets to that place where she is, first of all, she's outpacing every other um, person in a competition, but then they move the line. They say, no, that, no, no, that doesn't make, nope, 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 nope. Now you got to do this thing to get there. So go ahead. Um, yeah, I, okay. Okay. So that was like my head state going into falling down. So that was your Monday night. <laughs> that was my Monday night. And then not only that, like, I mean, um, we had like helicopters flying over. Then East Oakland, there's like fire, like these tons of fireworks or tear gas or whatever's going off. Like you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Just like a really like depressing and, and painful like, I really woke up on Tuesday feeling like I can't now, I don't know how to navigate this day. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I really feel like what would have been best for me on that day was probably to have just said, like, I can't be here. Mm -hmm. But again, even though health first is one of the values of this company, and we're supposed to be valuing mental health in that, I did not feel like I was. I did not feel like it would have been viewed well for me to wake up in the morning and say, I'm just not feeling well today. I just can't do it. I felt like I was going to be like judged by that because there had been another person who had had to take some time off for her, for her, um, something that had happened with, with her family. And like the CEO, when she was out was like, do you think she's going to be able to finish her work when she gets back in, in just the three days that she's here? Like, so I knew if I took that day off, it wasn't going to be looked at well. And not only that, but I, I was going to have less time to do the same amount of work that I needed to do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of push through this. And I sat down and I kind of like wrote out my thoughts because remember the previous uh, the day on Monday, um, we, we had left that conversation thinking that like, our response was going to be to say nothing. So I wrote up this statement that I was, you know, thinking about sharing if we didn't end up deciding that we were going to do something. And it included, you know, reasons that we needed to make changes to our product in order to make it more inclusive and minimize the damage that it could do, as well as, you know, examples like I wrote out some like example tweets that I thought that we could respond with whatever um but I was like we have to do something but on Tuesday morning we started out the conversation and to my like pleasant surprise Brett said Brett's the CEO said okay I'm going to introduce the communications director and he's going to tell you what they've been working on in the past day so he passes it over to him and this guy tells us okay, so we've been working on this three-part tweet series and we're going to announce like our solidarity. And then we are also going to announce three organizations that we are donating money to. And we're going to be donating $1,000 on behalf of the company. 
and we're going to be donating. Um, and Brett is also going to um, match up to a thousand dollars in donations. And one another guy on the team said, "Oh wow, a thousand dollars per person." And he responded, "No, a thousand dollars in total. So it's going to be up to a generous three thousand dollars." <laughs> yes, thank you. Like that, the addition of the word "generous" is really what sort of set me off because it's this double speak of wrapping your mind around, yeah, we're doing enough as long as we say we're doing enough, right? Mm -hmm. And another, another, so there had been the one guy who said the thing about what the donation is. He also mentioned like, how is this matching program going to work? How are we going to like, sort of getting at like, okay, there's so many organizations that can be donated (laughs) to. What's this? Yes, what's the strategy? And they were just like, Oh, well, we haven't really figured that out yet. I'm just fine. They're trying to do all of this in one day, whatever. But it's like, we'll probably just do like first come, first serve or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, okay. But the idea of of labeling this total of three, that guy also pointed out too, um, you know, oh, I think it's really weird that we're going to announce the company, the, the um, internal people's contributions, the employees' contributions as part of the contribution that we're donating um, in our tweet. And then the communications person said, oh no, we're not actually going to mention how much we're donating at all. So all I know of this tweet, because we're not read the contents of the tweet, all I know of this tweet is that it's going to be a three-part tweet series announcing that we're donating generously to three different organizations, what impression is that going to give? Right. Yeah. 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 That's that, that's that sneaky shit. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, I'm trying to assume these good intentions of we don't want this to be performative because the marketing team, both people on the marketing team were saying, we want to make sure this is not performative. We want to make sure it's not about matter, that it's about our solidarity and, and this and that. And I'm like, great. So then I point out, I'm like, I think that we should say how much we're donating. I think we either need to say how much we're donating or we need to just donate it and not say anything. Anything. And yes. Yes. Right. Cause now you're getting in the corporate blackface mm-hmm. territory. <laughs> yes. And when you think about the amount of money that's actually coming from the company and would be going to those three organizations, it would be $333 each. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Stop, 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 stop. That stop, is stop, like, stop. and I said. So it wasn't a thousand dollars per organization. No. So that, yeah, the way that this was going to be structured was that it's, there was a thousand dollar company donation split between three organizations that we were choosing. Yeah. Which also were not told to us on that day. Then. Okay. The CEO was also willing to match a total of $1,000 in donations that uh, employees made to any other organizations that we wanted to donate. So for the company donation, it was $1,000 split between these three organizations, but we weren't going to say that that was how much we were donating. Right. And so I said, you know, we're donating like 330, you know, split three ways. It's yeah. really not that significant of a donation. 
And the marketing person said, you know, the generous, because it was generous. Mm -hmm. This is generous. This is so generous. Go ahead. The marketing Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. responded and said, well, um, I, and he does, he's a, he's, he's someone who cares about these, these issues or works at a um, not-for-profit to sort of increase diversity within companies and, and gives internships to. Okay. 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 I'm going to stop you there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop you Sarah, because behavior, I don't care. You telling me that he does, I don't believe that he does. So go ahead. I just wanted to make that just because someone works at these things, that does not mean that the, the, the reason. So I'm challenging based on what you've said that he, just because someone works at one of these, that doesn't mean they're, they're, they're aligned. That, that, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. To me, it feels more like, how is he, how can, if that is something that he's passionate about, and I, again, want to assume the best intentions that he is, how can he then yes, see he, exactly. I out? guess that's where you yeah. and I are, that's where you and I are, are, are different. Cause I'm not assuming, I don't assume that because I look at if, if this is what you're, how you're, as a marketing director or, or, or engaging in this at work, I'm not believing why I, then I need to go into some other questions of why is this different? What are you actually doing at these other things outside before I can say that this is something you feel passionate about? And this again, is why I did a video recently about people's passions. Um, yes. So I'm just going to, cause nothing you've said so far said, uh, um, tells me that this is something he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and he may be, yeah. and this just may have been a fluke, but I don't, I don't assume positive intent and I can give a fuck about empathy. I care about demonstrated behavior and demonstrated behavior says that this is, that those two things don't align. Yeah, so maybe you. whatever he's mm-hmm. doing in his mm-hmm. nonprofit world is something he's really compassionate about, but it's not black lives mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. So let's not, yeah. so let's not, let's not mm-hmm. oh, yeah. caring about dogs in a dog shelter or whatever is not the same thing as caring about black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of these like pull up or shut up moments where like you care so much about this, but here we are in this situation where the company you're at right now isn't doing enough, isn't aligning with your values. And we're trying to put lipstick on a pig and make it seem like what we're doing is so generous, right? This well, is, and yeah. so I'm going to go back to you. J- I would go back to, I would not trust this individual to be doing anything in a nonprofit way related to inclusion and diversity. So I would even, based on what you said and the role of leadership he has at this company, I challenge that he's, that he, his, his nonprofit work is not only effective, but Mm -hmm. I would, I am going to assume that it causes harm. Okay. (laughs) So let's go from that. That's just me talking, but go ahead. So he was like, at our nonprofit, we give scholarships and we thought about not giving scholarships because they're not big enough. But what we've learned is that people would prefer $300 over nothing. And then the other marketing person said, well, I talked to my people of color friends and they said saying anything is better than saying nothing. And I'm like, no one is saying say nothing. I, I didn't want to agree to saying nothing yesterday. That's the binary. That's the binary of whiteness. Is either a yes or there's a whole bunch of gray in there that they could have danced around besides either say nothing or or say some bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's a whole there was a whole system that they could have. Yeah, it's 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 not say say nothing or say anything, it's say something that means something. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be, and that's what I said. I said at that time, 
I don't want to hear from white folks if white people need to be quiet unless you have something substantive to say. Yeah. You have nothing of value to say. This is not the time to be hearing yeah. from you. I agree. And the so I, of course, Kim, like I'm hearing these things. So I'm reiterating again my point like, OK, but because I'm trying to to explain and I always feel this way of like, maybe maybe if I just say it this other way, of course it's going to click because what I'm saying is common sense. It makes sense. The (laughs) words, do you not understand the words? Is it the order of the words that I am saying? Okay. So let me change the order up. Maybe. (laughs) Right. Yes. And so I'm telling then finally, Brett finally pops in after I'm like, okay, I'm not saying, I'm just saying let's donate it. I mean, sure. Right. It's a generous donation. Like, but let's just not say it. We don't have to say it. And like trying to make this dichotomy of like, we can give, we can either say we're going to give generously and actually give generously. But I understand if we can't do that because we don't really have that much money. It's a pre-revenue startup, right? Just give it. So, so yeah, just give it. So just give it. And I actually told, cause Brett popped in and he said, I said, I don't think we have to even like meant, you know, if we're not donating to these organizations, like we could just put out one tweet. That's fine too. And Brett said, well, I think it's useful for us to post the other organizations because that could prompt other people to donate. And I was like, especially when you're saying generous. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, this, this is what I did with my hands. Like kind of just like sat up straighter and like shook my hands a little because I was so frustrated to hear that. Cause to me, it was very like, white saviory of yep. like well no one's gonna give if we don't say i'm like this mm-hmm. movement is happening with or without you what is being given to you is an opportunity to say where you stand mm-hmm. and then be held to it later mm-hmm. right like you're mm-hmm. putting out a statement of what people are going to expect from you and then whatever you're saying here is 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 how you're going to be expected to act right and you're missing that point completely yep it's gonna people can hold you accountable before yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. again i tried to approach this in a different way where i said brett i don't think that the it's you know i don't think that i'm not asking us to give more i understand that we are a pre-revenue startup that we may not have the budget, but if we're, we can say- And we're in a fucking pandemic. I get it. <laughs> and yes, and, and we had to have COVID-19 layoffs, mm-hmm. right? Like I told you before. So if we're donating $1,000, why can't we just say, as a pre-revenue startup, um, who's blah, 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 we're donating $1,000 and we hope to do more later. Then my CTO pops in, And I guess he got all worked up because I was making it seem like we didn't have money. And he's like, well, it's not like we don't have money. We have a $10 million investment. So why the fuck are you just giving to a a a $300 per? Right? So you just put your foot in your mouth. So basically after that, the conversation ends. So you're giving the bare minimum and calling it generous so that you can have the optics of being a savior. Mm -hmm. Again, this is this is an organization. Remember, spot the pattern, people. Hero or victim, never the villain. Yes. And the other thing was that Brett explicitly said, well, we don't want to open ourselves up to um, criticism by being perceived as not doing enough. And to me, this was 
like shattering to me in terms of the concept of the company, because the whole idea is about transparency and, and being authentic and opening yourself up to that criticism to be able to learn. And so I would have much preferred for Mm -hmm. us to put out something like we're giving a thousand dollars, blah, blah, blah. And then have real authentic conversations with our users if they came back and like held us to the fire and said that that wasn't enough. Like there were ways for us to deal with Mm -hmm. this if that wanted to be our approach. Because Matter is a feedback app. Go Mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. Go Mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. So that meeting ends and it was pretty upset, like um, obviously upsetting. This is tacked on to our like daily standup, which are supposed to be about 15 minutes long. This conversation, I believe, was less than 30 minutes, probably about 20, 25 minutes, I think. So not very long, also far less amount of time than any of the other small companies my uh, friends had worked at were having like these long meetings and um, putting something specific on the calendar or starting Slack rooms so that everyone could be involved. And here it was like, this is all going on behind the scenes, whatever. So this meeting ends and I'm like, I don't even really know what's going out, but I was kind of, you know, worked up again in that mental headspace from the previous night, from everything that's been going on, from life, whatever. And 20 minutes after that call, my, um, I hang up on that call. My boss, the CTO slacks me and says, oh, I'm just checking in with everybody after that conversation. Do you want to talk on the phone? And so he calls me over Zoom and he starts out with, Shannon, it seems like you've been really agitated lately. <laughs> and I said, I have been agitated. Can you, are we living in the same world? And he says, if you speak like that in meetings with the CEO, you'll get fired from this job and every other job you ever have. Mm, okay. All right. Yes. And then, but then he tries to relate to me on it. He says, I am outspoken too. And I've been firing, fired from jobs as well. So I can just tell you that you are acting threatening and that that's going to become a problem. So how are we going to fix it? And I started to get upset because I felt like I was actually being threatened here. Like my job was being threatened, right? And it felt outsized for the, for the actions that I'd just taken. Because again, I came out of that meeting feeling like I made my points known, but like they wanted me to, I was assuming the best intentions and not attacking people personally, right? I was just saying, I don't think this is enough. I don't think this is right. And I think that there's a way that we can do it the right way as a, because this is a company that I, I care about at this time. And he tells me, how are we going to fix this? He tells me, can you fly home to your parents in Houston? I'm like, no. Oh, I want to be here. Oakland is my home. Can you go on vacation to Sonoma for a weekend? Yeah, let me just drop $1,000 on a vacation so I can physically remove myself from my home again and just run away. In a pandemic. Yeah, in a pandemic. And then also just run away when things get kind of hard. I'm like, no, I don't think you're hearing me. I want to be here, but it's painful and I'm trying to navigate it, right? And what's happening here is actually more important to me than work right now. There's going to be things that are more important to me than work right now. Um, I told him about the helicopters and the noise and I swear to God, he says, I'm going to send you some earplugs in the mail. 
I'm like, oh, I don't think you're, oh, oh I, I don't think you're understanding. It's not the actual noise. Oh no. Oh, these are great earplugs. These earplugs will block out every noise. You'll get a great night's sleep. And I'm like, um, okay. You know, I'm trying to just be like, okay, just send them to me. <laughs> and that happens. And what else are we going to do? What else are we going to do? I, and at this point I am crying because I'm like also quarantined alone. I hadn't had like a hug in four months and I was just like breaking down that morning. Right. And mm-hmm. so I, I started crying. I was upset because my job is being threatened. I feel like the world is kind of ending, whatever. And he says, you know, I understand it's a hard time. And he say to me, I understand it's a hard time. I mean, we, I just had to tell my sons, we may not even have a free election in November. Like we are coming up. We may have an authoritarian dictator who won't turn over power, but that's no reason to be agitated with your coworkers. And I just realized I was like, for him, there is no reason mm-hmm. because even if that were to happen, like what really changes in his for life? Him, like, his, it, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to our world. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you, when you, the first time when you realize the disconnect that people in your lives have, all these good whites, progressives and liberals who are totally disconnected to the impact of their actions or their lack of actions have on people who they say they care about. That is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. That is that moment where your, your heart just breaks because it's like, I'm not safe anywhere. I know. And then, right, the company putting out content, right? The whole company's content strategy, putting out all this stuff. Here's 10 ways you can assume the best intentions of people. How how harmful is that to bring Mm -hmm. a Black person, any other person of color, any underrepresented group into your organization who, like, you can tell I'm hanging on like a thread trying to do it because that's what's expected of me. But you are obviously like, no, we're not assuming best intentions. We are looking at the impact, which is what is more important. And people should be able to come out and, and, and navigate within organizations setting boundaries for themselves, saying, you cannot say this to me. This is not going to work, mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. And, and here's where, how I look at it, especially I have, I make, I create real value for these companies as a developer, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Even though I was only in this position for six months, I have job opportunities galore and hopefully still after I come on this podcast, job opportunities, like people are knocking down my wall trying to get me on calls and they don't care that I was only there for six months. Obviously, I'm not mm-hmm. broadcasting to them like I got yeah. fired for mouthing off or yeah. whatever they said that I did, but I didn't even mouth off. You know what I mean? I was just direct and yeah standing up for it's people. a fucking feedback company you were giving feedback mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why i keep because this this is why i want to have this conversation because this is a unique experience if you was a healthcare company people could trot around mm-hmm. this if it was if it was you know uh, 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 a language you know you you're talking about uh, uh you know uh, a, a open source community language you people well we don't talk about that here this is a feedback mm-hmm. company that is making money on a product that is should be as close to um, um, uh, striving to minimize harm as much as possible and to mitigate mm-hmm. bias. And that's, you know, 
it was, I think after this conversation that I actually, because obviously my reaction to my boss telling me this was really chaotic. <laughs> I was like in tears. I, I mean, I was just at wit's end mm-hmm. and he was like, I just want you to take some, I just want you to take a day off at least this week, just take a day off. Right. And it felt more like a punishment than like, uh, mm-hmm. giving any care shit about, you, about my it. mental yeah. health. Yeah. And then yeah. when I finally took that Friday off, he was like, well, where are you going? Are you, are you going to get out of town and go to Sonoma? Are you gonna blah, 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 blah? Yeah. And he kept, I was, he's like, I was like, no, he's like, oh, are you just going to like stay home and watch TV or blah, blah, blah. I was like, no. He's like, um, and I wanted to tell him it wasn't his business, but he kept pressing me. And I think I knew why. And I was like, no, I'm taking Friday off to go to a protest, like to do what mm-hmm. I have told you that I am doing. I'm, I'm doing what I think is right in different places of my life. I'm not just trying to make your life hard, harder by making <laughs> you go back to the drawing board. And what was hilarious, mm-hmm. he's telling me you offended people, this and that, like you were targeting people personally, like you just wanted to make them feel bad. I'm like, people's ideas also are not them. I can have a lot of respect for the person and try and get through to them. And maybe that's why I'm pushing back on their idea. Cause I'm saying, no, no marketing director. I think you're better than that. Maybe you haven't thought of this this way. Right. So I mm-hmm. actually, you know, and I thought I knew that I hadn't said anything to Brett that was like so inappropriate or personal. So I actually thought that Matthew was talking about how I talked to the marketing uh, communicator when I was like, well, this isn't the same situation with the scholarships or whatever, um, or my reaction to the, just sort of like my facial expressions, whatever. So I reached out to the marketing communicator later that day and and apologized and said, hey, you know, I've been in a um, crazy head state. And um, I think that, you know, some of the way I reacted may have blah, 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 this and that. And but I didn't really think I had pressed too hard, but I did want to let this person know that I was sorry for making them feel how I had made them feel. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1 Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. 
Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. People need to be responsible for their own fucking feelings. I'm not responsible for your feelings. My truth, if I, I yeah, yeah, we have to really get y'all yeah. people. Y'all got to go learn how to manage your feelings. Go to therapy or whatever. But my what my truth, my truth, I'm not. I'm no longer. We're no longer as a community going to be held to our truth being dictated by your feelings. It's not mm-hmm. and comfort, right? But this yes. guy also was like, oh, I didn't. I mean, it was, I get it. He's like, I get it. This is important stuff. Anyways, Wednesday morning, we come back. The tweet is updated. They've put in as a pre-revenue startup, we're donating $2,000 to these three organizations. And then they'd also talked about how they'd revised this tweet and worked really hard on it all night um, with the, under the advice. It's 240 characters. What the fuck could they be doing all night? But go ahead. Go ahead. And, Go ahead. 280. Well, Kim, sorry. I, 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 I'm, I missed them with four cameras. Kim, it was a three tweet series. So I don't think. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> and, and the fact that they call and the fact that they call a thread a series is funny to me. I I'm like, I really am with you. I'm I am trying to I've always tried to see things from their point of view. And it feels really good to communicate with somebody who's like doesn't think I'm crazy about this. Right. And so uh, one thing I do want to just remind you of, and mm-hmm. I'm going to um, be mindful of the word crazy. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What should I say instead? Um, I, instead of crazy, okay. which is ableist, uh, it, it, I say there was a wild time. Um, it was okay. unusual. Um, it was unexpected. It was um, off the charts. You know, yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And thank you for doing that because. I think it's like, it can be really difficult, especially when you're in a conversation and worked up to, to remember all. That's what, yeah, that's what I was. (laughs) Oh yeah. I get my pronouns and stuff mixed up all the time. Yes. Yes. I say, that's why I I focus on folks. Cause I'll say guys, cause I'm from the South and that's something we always say. That is something that I'll reiterate about matter is that they always are really into saying like, Hey team. And I'm always the one putting my foot mm-hmm. in it because I'm from New Jersey. So, hey, guys, is just, oh. you know, genderless. <laughs> Everybody's saying yeah. it. Use guys, whatever. Yeah. And um, and yeah. so there is sort of this, this people think that they are thinking about it. But I think what happens is that then like in execution, like something kind of gets lost and you sort of. Ugh. Well, it's the thing of it's the binary thinking. Just because you are doing well with pronouns and w- such, that does not mean that you're doing well over here. And that's the thing that people, it's again, that, that either or, that off and on. And, they, and this is why allies piss me off. Just because you are doing something positive and so another community said that you were helpful, that does not translate to a whole nother community. Your effort there may be harmful and they're yeah. telling you to stop. Yeah. So just because I can say, um, just like I had a conversation earlier uh, this past, last, um, last week about pronouns and I really wanted to dig into it. Um, because I, uh, pronouns are not an issue for me. So I, um, want to make sure that even in that conversation, there is opportunity to, to fuck it up. It, mm-hmm. And it's, we're trying to create a world that was never meant to exist. Mm-hmm. We're going to screw this up. So, um, yeah, 
So just because you're, and, and that's the thing. It's like, just because this company were good on, you know, this pronoun thing, you suck at the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But pronouns are, and, and, and this is where I get, I, I do understand people when they say pronouns can be very performative because it is. It's like, you oh, I got my pronoun. Let me check that box off. No, it's about demonstrated behavior. Mm-hmm. Pronouns mm-hmm. is like the bare fucking minimum yeah. that you can do. Mm-hmm. What I need you to do is when you're, inter- you're interacting with somebody, let's say on Twitter, you've gone to their your thing. Do they have their pronouns there? Okay, they do. So then you use those pronouns. Or if you ended, that's how it's not just saying it. It's about using it. It's yeah. about action. Yeah. And it's also like, you have to be okay being wrong, right? Because yes. then- Feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's feedback. <laughs> because the, the most harm done is after someone has told you that something hurts you or told you the impact that you're having. And your reaction is to just like seize up and double down on that because you don't want to be perceived as wrong. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's like a lot of what, what happens here is like, and it does hurt because you don't want to be told like, Oh my God, I offended you. Right. Like that hurts really, you know, you don't want to think of yourself that way, but you have to like sit in that, just sit in discomfort. Mm -hmm. And you, Mm -hmm. I think on your guidelines for like the anti um, racism course online, talk about, Something like power versus or comfort versus um some is that you comfort versus like I'm not gonna protect your power over Mm-mm. like no. other people's comfort. No, oh yeah, that's the that's a part of um the 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 um the um the code of conduct. Right. People, yeah, the um um somebody's the impact of your actions are more important than your comfort. Right. Okay. So something yeah. like that, yeah. and, and I mm-hmm. kind of based on on you and some other reading that I've done have like that's sort of like how I've approached stuff at work is just that when you have this power structure like why why are the CTO and the CEO their comfort right we were always expected that their comfort came first yes. and so if it made them uncomfortable or felt threatened whatever yes then that was more important than like making sure that what we were even doing as a company made sense and blah, 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 blah. What you were doing as a company building a feedback app. Go ahead. I'm just going to keep throwing that out there, but go ahead. Yes. And so the other thing here is that, um, okay, so we have that conversation. I get the earplugs in the mail um, within two days. I mean, like he went out and he sent those (laughs) because he thought, it was really going to do something. That was going to solve your problem. I literally, I think I had a pull request, which is like a piece of code that you need to get reviewed. I think I had a pull request sitting out and I had been asking him on the daily, can you review this? Can you review this? Can you review this in public? I finally had to go to another engineer and be like, hey, can you take a look at this? I think I asked him three days in a row for the um, review of my work, but I got the earplugs in two business days you know what I mean like there was definitely this idea of like this is gonna fix her and um yeah yeah so that after that it was just like obviously how am I I'm I'm having difficulty like navigating in conversations after this because I'm feeling like I'm having I already felt before like I had to tiptoe around in order to not offend people here And then now my boss has told me straight out, like, you're going to get fired if you talk like this in a meeting. And it just was so difficult because it comes a little bit like what you were talking before is that every conversation becomes, 
How am I going to navigate this to make sure that I'm keeping other people And it's exhausting. And it's exhausting. Fucking exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because again, there would be conversations where I'm like, God, I did, I did what I tried to do there. And I was respectful. And then I'd still get this feedback of like, it's, it's too much. And, yeah. um, it just, you know, I had previously had a relationship with this, um, with this boss where he was giving me a lot of positive feedback. He had told me that in meetings, I was really, um, we would have these zoom meetings, uh, for lunch, you know, just like kind of casual meetings. And he says, you always do such a great job of like bringing people into the conversation. You'll see when some people are quiet and ask them for their opinion, whatever, whatever. And I just like, that's a, that's a really great skill that you But have. all that goes out the window when you're now making people uncomfortable. All the yep, things that they yep. value about you um, no, no longer matter. Don't matter anymore. It's like yes. they don't, never existed when, once they start. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All that goes out the window because in this same meeting about the head, uh, the earplugs, he says, and you know what, Shannon, you just keep reiterating your opinion over and over thinking you're going to change people's minds or something. And you made that meeting go on for way too long. And I'm going to tell you too, you have a tendency to talk over even me in meetings. And I'm usually the person who's talking over everybody else. I've never been interrupted by anyone in my career the way you interrupt me. And I told him, Matthew, the reason that I interrupt you is because I keep talking after you interrupt me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or because he'll go on forever and ever and ever. And when there's a natural pause for someone else to join into that conversation, he'll keep, I'll try and pipe in and he'll say, you're interrupting. So he, and he kept coming back to saying like, you and I are so similar. We're both very like forceful communicators. Yeah, that's how they get you. We're on the same team. So you need to change this thing. We're so similar. mm -hmm. It's just this one thing, but that one thing is Mm -hmm. integral to who, what the problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so then that's the end of that conversation. I'm trying to navigate through this. I have some bumps along the way, but there also some quote unquote wins, um, as they say in tech. And then I have, I end up having another meeting with Matthew in this meeting. I just tell him, you know, me and another developer were in a meeting. We weren't sure whether this was the right time to get feedback on something. Um, because, because they seemed a little resistant to it or like we were throwing a wrench in their plans by bringing this up when they thought the decision was already made. It was very much based on process. And this was, this is something that I keep coming back to is that like a lot of my feedback to them was about the business, about the process of how we work, about how we work together. And then every conversation always shifted over to how I personally needed to change or how we all needed to focus on our personal growth. And that's so dumb. But in this meeting, my boss goes from this and he says, you know what, Shannon? I think sometimes the way you say stuff just makes people not want to listen to you. And I was like, oh, I was talking about whether this meeting was timed at the right time for us to be able to give the type of feedback we needed to build the right feature. He says, yeah, I just think you should experiment with being super apologetic. And I'm going to read out this list of things that he told me in this meeting. I have this list written out of notes because the therapist that he told me I should hire in order to be able to keep this job. Of course, as soon as I started talking to her, she was like, 
whoa, what is going on at your company? And she said, start taking notes, verbatim notes of what your boss says so that we can discuss them and so that you can react in our sessions and not react emotionally at the time, right? So here's a list of that feedback that I got. Experiment with being super apologetic. Say your opinions less confidently. You'll want to be perceived as non-threatening. Don't act emotionally connected to your ideas. You can let people think it's their idea. Sometimes people reject ideas because it seems like the other person wants it so badly. Sometimes people ask for opinions because they feel they need to and not because they want them. And you have a strong sense of self and that can be viewed as a threat. Okay, so over the don't say of, anything yeah. else because I keep coming back to this is a feedback company and they're creating... So I'm just thinking about all the brown and black people who are being this feed this this app is being used to give them feedback. Mm-hmm. And not only because that's one part of the app, but the other part of the app is using that feedback to become more professional or so basically it is about assimilation. Mm-hmm. It is a feedback based on this narrow perspective of what professional is. And you need to do whatever you can. If you're not there, it's your fault. And you need to do anything you can to get to that thing. Yeah. I, that sums it up better than I've been able to sum it up. Like that is exactly 100% the qualms I have with this problem. And that is white supremacy. That mm-hmm. is white supremacy. That is fucking white supremacy. And that's why I want to, I, I know we, this has been a long conversation, but I knew we would get here. Because I wanted the reason I wanted to tease this out is because there's so many people who challenge me, so many people who challenge what I say when I talk about this as a business strategist and how these tools that we think we are so fucking creative and special and innovative are creating are causing harm to other people. And we have no fucking right to do this. I know. Nothing, everything on that list was something that every Every person in the marginalized community who's trying to be fucking professional has heard and has been used against them. Not only, and you had the ultimate of uh, culminating in being fired. Mm -hmm. So this is why this pisses me off because it impacts us economically. These are not just Matthew's opinions. He based these opinions and, and Brett based these things on the decision to fire you. That has a, a direct economic impact on you, your life and those around you. Yeah. And it's the, the thing, too, is once you get this kind of feedback and this is I'm hoping you can kind of like help me distill this as well. It's like when you're getting this kind of feedback, right, it, it becomes impossible to work effectively in that environment. It almost turns you. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, it, you become paranoid. You just you you spend so much time thinking mm-hmm. about things. You're trying to you want you any confidence you have now. You need, now you need to go and get approval for everything, and then that becomes a problem because like why do I have to approve everything that you do? Because um, I don't have time for this. But you just said mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, or you end up saying. I'm going to push on what I really care about a little bit more, and that's a great way to get let go too. There's no way 
to win. Yeah, no, exactly. It is it is a trap. And it is a trap of white supremacy. And you got caught in it mm-hmm. because we have seen it. There's no way to win there. There was no, they, if, if, if they weren't con- had a conscious decision to fire you at that time, it was setting up that mm-hmm. thing because you were put in a situation that there was no way you mm-hmm. could win. Yeah. And the, after that, I'm trying to have these conversations with people just to get a sense of like kind of where they're at, right? Of like, here's this feedback that I've been told. Like, am I making you feel threatened? Am I making you, am, like, what is your sense of me? Well, you're just asking, you're just going, you not taking his word for it was a problem. Mm-hmm. You asking for confirmation from other people. First of all, it puts them in a situation because they don't want to answer honestly, mm-hmm. even if they agree or don't agree. Because they don't know if it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. That's true. But now it's it's a thing of now you're questioning that feedback. And so now you're seen as insubordinate and mm-hmm. causing a problem. Yep. And the language they used when they fired me was that I bulldoze conversations, that I um, am divisive, and that I was talking behind people's backs. But the only people that I was talking about was the impact that Brett and Matthew's actions were having on me and the other employees. And that's the, that's the thing though. Once he put that in writing and, and, and the thing is without, well, I'm happy he put it in writing because without putting that in writing, anything you say, it's, it's, it's object, it's subjective, right? Mm-hmm. But you reading that list to me, I because you know I don't trust white folks, so <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But you reading that list to me is 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 an indication, is very clear about this is a harmful situation. And as a white woman, I would hate to. I can just I I don't want you to talk about the experience of the per- black person, one black person who was there for one fucking week. But if this was your experience as a white woman, I can just imagine what their week was like. I know, yeah. And I want you. I hope that you get a chance to talk to her because, oh, and that it's just, it's, it's like the amount of harm, like it's just so difficult because now when these things happen, you have to take them to your next company. You are carrying these on in your professional life. Well, it's like a bad, it's, 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 it's a bad relationship. So it's this thing, it's, it's an abusive relationship and it's, we all know it's best to, to heal from one relationship before you go into another, but we, it's hard to do, you know, it's particularly if that relationship is about my financial well-being. I, I, I don't have time to do the years of therapy I might need to do, you know, um, to, um, to, I mean, I definitely between um, um, romantic quote unquote relationships. Um, even, even, even when I have friendships, relationships have, I take the time I take, I take years between romantic relationships before I get into another one, because I want to make sure I'm healed. I've learned what I need to know. I know what I don't want anymore. So I can focus on what I want before I bring that shit into another relationship. So yes, now you get to take this shit into another relationship. And anytime someone tells you that, oh yeah, we trust you. you you're going to doubt it. You don't believe them. You're like, mm. and this is why inclusion is about people's lived experience. You have to do as the person in power with pl- power and privilege. It is your responsibility to make sure, ensure that that individual's lived experience at your organization is as, 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 um, as impactful and minimizes harm as much as possible because you don't know what somebody is bringing into that relationship. Yeah. 
Because you're gun shy now. You're just like, mm, mm, okay. Exactly. <laughs> but you need a paycheck. So I got exactly. Exactly. So now <laughs> without even healing, you have to go into the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, as if this happens, like if this continues to happen, then it starts to really impact me. Yeah. Because at, at a certain point, you do end up getting limited, you know, being more limited in your job opportunities that you're going to get at least. Silicon Valley, it's a large place, right? Tons of opportunities, but it, it puts these labels on me. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I I lean into being an angry black woman because that's what you're going to call me anyway. So I'm going to use it to my advantage. I'm going to be that hashtag called the scene is an angry black woman. If that's what you want to call it, that's fine. Because you're going to give me that label anyway. And, and, and it, it taints everything. And this is why I refuse to have this industry um, tell me what my value is. I'm not, you, you're not, I'm gonna. And so I commend you and I don't give white women credit for shit. I could, y'all know that, but I commend you for turning down the money so that you can have this conversation because this conversation is needed. I need folks to understand all these people want to be woke right now, quote woke. All these people want to be black lives matter right now. All these people want to be anti-racist being, as I said in this tweet, being anti-racist ain't for the weak. We are pushing against centuries of systems, institutions, and policies. And It is designed to keep folks like me down and folks like you from challenging. White women are the maintainers of the house of white supremacy. You stepped outside of your damn job. Their job was to maintain the house of white supremacy. When you start questioning that, of course, they're going to take your ass down. Yeah. And so at this moment, I want to wrap this up. So is there something you want to say in your, cause I see you getting emotional. And so I want um, to end here and just, what is the, what, what are the um, last words you'd like to share with the audience? I just, I know I'm not the only person who goes through this at work. Obviously. I mean, as we've been talking about, this happens all the time. And I'm just seeing Twitter threads of other people who have had negative experiences across you know, the spectrum of industries and places and whatever. And when I talk to other women at the company that I'm at, they said, this has happened to me in the past too. And all I have to, all, all I can say is that like, I'm lucky to be in the financial position where I was able to turn down that money because not everybody is, but the only way that things change is by us not allowing them to happen and pushing back when things happen and not saying like, well, I hope for the best mm-hmm. because when your boss tells you after they fire you, we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't, they are happy to be rid of you and you're not and, and praying anymore. that you will never say anything. Mm-hmm. praying that you're too afraid to say anything yeah and there's just no honestly in my career like there's just no fear here anymore if I end up determining you know like if I lose opportunities in this industry they for want saying, your opportunities yeah for saying what we've talked about in this podcast I think I've attempted to be very fair to all parties here I haven't come in you know making whatever. And if I lose opportunities because of that, then it proves to me that this industry needs a complete fucking overhaul. (laughs) Right. And Mm -hmm. you just have to do what you can do. You need to say what you think and what you know is right. And when people react to you, 
they're telling you who they are. Thank you. It's not about you. So that's what I want to, because again, I, I, I say manage your feelings and I'm hope, I hopefully you are still going to therapy. Um, and what I would say to you is, and I, again, I don't say this and I don't know you, but I'm proud of you. And thank you for taking that hit because black and brown people can't take, they can't, we can't continue to take the hit alone. We need to get there together or we won't get there at all. Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.